Hallelujah. Amen. How's everyone doing tonight? I am just so excited to preach the good news to everyone and to stir up the faith of the saints tonight. Amen. Let's uh, pray. Father God, I pray for hungry hearts. I pray for open eyes to see your truth, to see your word. Lord, I pray tonight that there is a hunger and a fire that would rise up in each and every one of us, Lord, that we would have an insatiable desire to see souls come into the kingdom, that, Lord, we would not rest until we have reached anyone and everyone that we can, Lord, with, um, by your power and through your spirit. Lord, I pray tonight as we open the word, as we delve into the mission and the gospel, that, Lord, we would see your truth, we would be so captivated by it that we would give the entirety of our lives to this endeavor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Tonight I want to talk to you about putting the go in the gospel. Putting the go in the gospel. A lot of, uh, I have a PowerPoint, I don't know if it's up or not, but putting the go in the gospel. Turn me into Romans chapter 1. I'm going to open with a couple verses. I don't have these on my PowerPoint, but that'll, that's Okay. In a lot of churches, the gospel has got up and went. How many know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Right? And in a lot of believers, the gospel has never went. It's come to us. It saved us. It delivered us. It healed us. It set us free. And it stopped there. But how many many knows what happens to a body of water that has no inlet and no outlet? That happens to a church. A church that ceases to evangelize begins to fossilize. And a Christian that ceases to evangelize begins to fossilize. We become stagnant. We become complacent. We begin to die. Nothing can live within us, right? And uh, so tonight, I, I want to provoke us, OBM, I want to provoke us in the gospel message and with the gospel mission in such a way that, that um, we won't be able to sleep tonight. We will not be able to lay our heads down tonight until we feel the compelling nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul said this. He said in verse Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, I love this, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And it seems for me, even with this passage, Paul understood that the gospel could not just come to him and set him free and remain with him. That it must be from faith to faith and that the just live by faith. And faith, how many know as James put it, has works. Right? Faith without works is dead. And Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He, he himself had con- was confronted by Jesus on the Damascus Road. We know the story. God revolutionized his life, right? Changed him, set him free, and called him into the ministry. And we say, well, that's good for the Apostle Paul, but that's not me. Let me just ask for a show of hands. How many encountered Jesus in your life? How many in a radical way? Where God just touched you and set you free and delivered you. Guess what? Your salvation, your baptism was your ordination into the ministry. Amen. 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 
That was your call into the ministry. So when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God unto salvation. Was the gospel strong enough to deliver you from alcoholism? Was the gospel strong enough to set you free from addictions? Was the gospel powerful enough to liberate you from every bondage that held you captive, every weight of sin, all of the things that kept you um, away from Christ and, and distance from your Father, everything that kept you away from um, anything good in life? Was the gospel power enough to liberate you? Then it's powerful enough to liberate them. Right? The same gospel that sets you free is the same gospel that will set others free when you share the gospel. Amen? The same gospel. You know, we don't have a different gospel that Paul had. We shouldn't, anyhow. There are other gospels out there, but that's a whole other message. But we don't have a different gospel than the one Paul preached. We have the same gospel. We don't have a different Holy Spirit than the same Holy Spirit that Paul preached under, right? And, and through the power of, do we? We have the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us, right? That's so awesome. So... It's to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. And um, is it up, oh, the PowerPoint? I'm not sure how to get it up there. I got a little remote. Oh, there we go. Let me back up because I didn't even see the one in the middle. I'm ahead of myself, y'all. <laughs> Putting the go in the gospel. I'm looking to the sides. There we, there we go. That helps. <laughs> I want to talk about this first, the Jesus mission. Because until you and I are convinced, and not just convinced, but convicted of the gospel and the mission, of the gospel mission and the gospel message, until we, until we own it, until it becomes ours, we're never going to live for it. We're never going to go, and we're never going to share it, Right? And, and it starts with this. How many know that God is ascending God? Amen. God's ascending God. God is a missional God. God is all about the mission. God cares so much for the world. He loves the world so much. He gave his only begotten son. He sent him on a rescue mission to set a wrong world right. Amen. To establish his righteousness in the earth and to liberate sons and daughters in every nation on this planet. He came with a purpose. Jesus came. There's several verses I have right here. Um, John 4, 34 says this. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Amen? His food. And then in John 6, 38, he says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 7, 29, I know him because I am from him, and he what? Sent me. For the words which thou give me, I have given to them, and they receive them, and they truly understand that I come forth from thee, and they believe that thou didst what? Send me. Hallelujah. As thou didst send me into the world, I also have sent who? Them into the world. Hallelujah. God is a sending God. God sent his son. His son sent us the Holy Spirit. And equipped the church, and now he's sending us into the world. 
So when Jesus lived, he was consumed with an all-consuming passion to do the will of his Father. Jesus, when he was 12, I love this because he, he, went, he disappeared, right? And these seven words, I believe, can change your life. Uh, he disappears. Uh, his, his parents are looking for him. Three days, they, he's gone. He's in the temple. What's he doing? He's confounding the scribes with, with his wisdom, with his understanding. He's sitting in there. He's asking questions. And, and, and Mary and, and, the, and, the, and the family, they came up to Jesus. And they're, they're, why have you done this thing to us? Why have you disappeared? And Jesus said these seven words. He said, I must be about my father's business. Those seven words should be our seven words. That we must be about our Father's business. So even at 12, Jesus knew what his mission and mandate was in life. And how, how many for us are still struggling? What is my purpose in life? What is my destiny? Has anyone ever wrestled with that? What, what am I called to do? What should I do? Well, I can answer it. Seven words. You must be about your Father's business. You must be about your Father's business. And God is in the business of saving souls. And not just saving souls, but saving holes. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Spirit, soul, and body. He wants to liberate communities and towns and villages. He wants to rock Ohio with revival. He wants to send his power and his promise to every boy and girl and man and woman in this city and in this country and in this world. Amen. God wants and wills that everyone should come unto him and be saved. He longs to save anyone and everyone who would confess and believe on his son Jesus Christ. Amen. So we must have this same burning desire, this same burning passion to go and do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He went on a rescue mission. He went to save and to heal and to deliver. He brought the gospel of the kingdom to everywhere he went. He lived on purpose. He lived intentional. He didn't waste time. He, he, he rose up early to be with his father and he would get his instructions and go out during the day and obey those instructions that his father told him to do. He lived in perfect sync and in perfect harmony with his father in heaven. He lived with him and in sync with him and said, I don't do anything that my father doesn't tell me to do. Amen. I pray that I would get like that. I pray that we would get like that. That we would become so in tune with the heart of the sending God. That we would become so in tune with God's will for our life and the mandate on the church and the mandate for every believer that we could not rest until we did the will of God. I read a story one time of um, uh, 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 D.L. Moody. He, he had made a, 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 a deal with the Lord. He said, Lord, I want to win one soul to the Lord every single day of my life. May, may I never not go a day without leading someone to Jesus. And it was a night, he, he, he had a long, busy day, and he was in bed. It was about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and, and he realized he had not led one person to Jesus that day. He sprung up out of bed and said, I must go into town. There's got to be someone out on the street tonight that I can win to the Lord. He threw on his jacket, got on his coat or, and, and his shoes and went down into the town. And the first person he's seen, he led to Jesus that night on the corner. Hallelujah. May we burn with such a passion and zeal as that. You see, I believe that most of us are too comfortable with people going to hell. Well, how would you say that? Why would you say that? We are comfortable with people going to hell because people are going to hell every second, every hour, every day.
and we do little about it. As long as someone else is doing it, I don't have to, right? As long as there's missionaries out there winning souls, and I don't have to. As long as there's evangelists in the church, because I'm not an evangelist, so I don't have to win souls. As long as there's preachers preaching and pastors pastoring and teachers teaching, then I don't have to win souls. We want to get fed, and we want to be led, and we want all of these things, and we want, we want to come to church and have our Bible study and be filled with the gifts, and yet we don't even know why we are filled with the gifts. How many in here is Holy Spirit filled? You speak in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what? He did not fill you with the Holy Spirit so you can be a good charismatic Pentecostal. He filled you with the Holy Spirit so that you can be a witness for Him. You shall receive power from on high to be my witnesses in Judea, in Samaria, into the, in, into the uttermost parts of the world. That's why you have the Holy Spirit filling you and gifting you and empowering you. That's why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are resident on the inside of you. That's why you, you have an unction. That's why you have an anointing. That's why the Holy Spirit speaks to you and leads you and guides you so that you can win souls and make disciples and set the captives free through the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. This is why, church, this is why we have the Spirit. Too many want the Holy Spirit so we can have great meetings. I love, listen, I'm, I'm born and raised. I'm fifth generation Pentecostal. I love the presence and power of God in church. I want more of it. And, and, but you know what? I want to see God get us on, uh, on fire so hot and, and get our hearts so ready and, and, get our, and get our minds so in tune with His mission that we'll abandon our gatherings and run out into the streets and grab a hold of the ankles of those who are perishing and beg for them to come and give their life to Jesus. Hallelujah. I guess you guys don't like that. <laughs> Amen. Jesus. You know, it's been said, and I've probably quoted it before. It's one of my favorite quotes. Every heart with Christ is a missionary. Every heart without Christ is a mission field. May that become our motto. May that become something that we write on our refrigerator, right? Every heart with Christ. Here's why the gospel matters. Number one, within the next 2.6 seconds, within the next 2.6 seconds, someone will die without hope in Christ. Someone is dying without Christ right now. Amen? Within the next minute, 156 people will die without Christ. The next hour, 9,360 people will die without Christ. This day, today, 224,640 people died and perished in hell today. Today. This week, 1,572,480 people died this week and went to hell without hope in Christ. And in, in one year alone, 81 million 768,960 people will perish without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And what are we going to do about it? We say that's too many people to save. It is for one of us, but not for all of us. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Let those numbers sink into our hearts. Let them resonate with our spirits. May, may we be troubled by them. Perplexed that the church is not seeing the harvest that is already white. Perplexed that we're not winning souls the way that we should and the way that we could. I pray that God confronts me, that he confronts us, that he confronts all of us with this mission to such a degree that, Lord, where have I been? What have I been doing with my time? Why haven't I been seeking to save those that are around me? How many want to be wise in this church? How many want wisdom? Right? He who wins souls is what? Wise. You want wisdom? Become a soul winner. Become a soul winner. Hallelujah. You see, we must seek to know the heart of the sending Father, the mission of the sending Son, and the power of the sending Holy Spirit. We must know that this is not just for others, but it's for me. And that's, that's really the point that I want to drive home, that this mission is not for others, it's for me. It's for you. It's for us. So the, G, the gospel mission is this, is Matthew chapter 28. We know this. We can quote it by heart, right? Most of us can quote this passage by heart. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and he spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I think for many of us, when we come to this passage, we assume that Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And he was. I think many of us, we think, well, Jesus was speaking to the apostles of the first century, not to the church of the 21st century. Or that Jesus meant that for only his 12 and, and not for the 120 in the upper room. Or, or, you know, there's all kinds of theories on who Jesus was speaking to. But I am absolutely convinced that Jesus was speaking not only to them and not only the church of the first century, but the church of the 21st century and the church of every century since Christ was raised from the dead. Amen. That he is speaking... Then he is speaking now, and he's saying, Go ye therefore into all the world. Go where? Into all the world. Where at? All the world. Hallelujah. He's speaking right now, and he's saying, I want you, my disciples, to follow me. If you are a follower of Christ, where are you going? In all the world. Hallelujah. No, no, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to go over here. I'll go here, Lord. Jesus says, No, you go to all the world. Right? All the world. Now listen, some of you physically can't go all the world. Some of you financially can't go all over the world. But you, as, 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 as Brother Eric was saying earlier, you are when you sin. If you're not sending, you're going. There's no other option. You're either a sender or you're a goer. Right? You're either sending or you're going. But, but let's look at this next one in Mark 16, 15 through 18. Jesus said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We know that's how disciples are made, the preaching of the gospel. And he says, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall what? 
recover. Hallelujah. You guys just seen a whole bunch of that in Africa, right? And you know what? We're seeing it even in the streets of Lima. We're street, seeing it in St. Mary's. We're seeing it wherever we're going and sharing the gospel of Jesus. We're laying hands on people and they're being healed. There's, Jesus is touching lives right now. Some of us wonder, where are all the signs at, Lord? I'll tell you where the signs are at. They're on the mission field. Where's all the signs at? Where's the power in the church? The power is waiting for you to act in faith on the gospel mission. Where's the signs and wonders today? How many ever asked that question? Lord, where are you healing people? Where are you delivering people? Why aren't you using me, Lord? I want to be used. You know what? You can be used. You can be used. And Mark, I'm just going to turn over there real quick because this is so important. Mark 16, I don't have it up on the screen, but something, something that hit me with this, and it should hit all of us, really. And I'll just say this, signs don't follow couch potatoes, right? <laughs> signs aren't following you if you're playing video games 40 hours a week. Signs aren't following you if you're spending your time loitering around. Right? Signs aren't going to follow you if you're not following Jesus. And you say, well, I do follow Jesus. Well, what is Jesus doing? What did Jesus do? Right? If Jesus went on mission and did everything that his father did, and if we're to follow Jesus, then we should be going on mission and doing what our father says to do. And what does he say to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. Amen. Some of us are bored to death and we wonder why. We're, we're, we're binge watching on Netflix instead of winning souls. We're watching every new season of whatever our favorite show is and yet people are perishing outside of our windows. I know that's heavy and we need days off. Don't get me wrong. We need times of rest. But trust me, America has enough rest. America has enough days off. We, we have enough entertainment. Don't you think? I think America's had enough entertainment. The church has been entertained for too long. And that's the problem with the church. Amen? We want others to entertain us. We want others to minister for us. We want others to preach the gospel for us. And the church and, and Jesus is waiting for his church to rise up and become the militant army that it is supposed to be. To rise up and become the powerful, uh, life-changing, city-changing, nation-changing force that he designed and wills it to be in the world. Amen. Amen. But look what Jesus does in Mark 16 because it says, when he says, go into all the world and preach to every creature. You know, let me just say this. If you're uncomfortable preaching uh, to your neighbor, start preaching to your dog. <laughs> if you're uncomfortable preaching, just start preaching to the crickets outside and, the, and, and, the, and, and whatever critters you can find. Preach to every single thing that has breath. Share the good news of Jesus Christ with every single thing that God has created that is living. Hallelujah. God is in a rescue mission, and that does include this whole world, by the way, right? <laughs> Amen. So, so, so here's the thing. Go and Jesus, I love why Jesus does that because he's not letting, letting us off the hook with anything. Like, well, Lord, you haven't sent me anyone to preach to yet. Lord, I, I don't know if that person is ready to hear the gospel. Lord, I don't know if, if, if that person over there even cares about you. Right? 
Uh, we've all had these thoughts and we've seen people and we know, well, I can never preach to that person. Uh, you know, uh, maybe this person, especially if they're real down and out, right? I'm just being real. It's a whole lot easier to preach to those that are down and out than those that are walking by you in the business suit carrying the briefcase, getting into the Mercedes. It's the truth. But the reality is he needs the gospel just as much as the person that's down and out. Amen. And, and so Jesus has preached the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned or will be uh, damned. That's the condition. There's two types of people in the world, church. We've got to start viewing people with this mindset that there's only two types of people living in the world, those that are being saved and those that are being damned. Those that have the righteousness and peace of God on them or those that have the wrath of Almighty God resting on them. Those that have been set free and delivered and those that are living under the condemnation of the devil. And I know this, Jesus came to do one thing, he said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus, then he goes from here and and he said, these signs will follow those that believe. Do you believe Jesus is telling the truth? Then these signs will follow. Here's here's where I think we've gotten mixed up in, in Pentecostalism. We follow signs and not follow Jesus. Right? We've got the, we, we, we've got the cart before the horse or, or, or we're, we're, we're behind and looking. We want to see the signs, so we start following after signs. If we would start following Jesus faithfully, if we would, if we would start doing what Jesus has commissioned his church to do, we would have no problem finding the signs because they would find us. Where you preach Christ, He will show up. Amen? Where, you, where the need is the greatest, the Holy Spirit will come in power and in might. We don't need to pursue signs. We need to pursue Jesus. And as we pursue Jesus, signs will then follow us. Hallelujah. Imagine this. Let me say this because I wasn't going to go in here, but I might as well say it. Um, here, I think we Pentecostals don't have too much of a problem But imagine if Jesus went everywhere preaching and teaching, but didn't go anywhere healing or delivering. Imagine if all he had was a teaching ministry. How far do you think he would have went? I doubt we'd be in here today. For some of us then, why do we think that we can do only part of the commission and not all of it? Right? The early church did all of it. And yet somehow we have people duped into believing all we need to do is teach. All we need to do is preach another sermon, teach another Bible lesson, get another Bible study going, and that'll be enough. But that's not enough. That's not enough. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to set people free. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to liberate people, to demonstrate the gospel in power. Amen? So Jesus knows this, and, and he begins to say that they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it by, will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. And it says this in verse 19, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. I love that. And they went out and preached where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Hallelujah. He just said, go and preach to every creature. And they left, and immediately they were obedient 
to the Word of God. See, I'm convinced for most of us, we're taught far beyond our level of obedience. We know more Bible than we're obedient to. Right? All that you're being, that's, that's, no, 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 I'm convinced. Jesus said to make disciples, teaching them obedience. Teach them to obey everything that I commanded you to do. All my commandments. So that tells me a disciple obeys the teachings of Jesus. Right? That's self-explanatory. But how many know that part of the teaching of Jesus is to go and make disciples? So how many in here is making disciples? Not a lot of hands. So if we're not making disciples, what does that make us? Disobedient disciples. That's hard. That's hard. Because we haven't been taught that it's the mandate of every individual in a church to replicate the gospel in others. Replicate it in your life. Make disciples. Make disciples. So, so they went and preached everywhere. And, 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 and Jesus says this, and the Lord worked with them. The Lord worked with them and confirmed and with confirming the word with signs what? Following. How many want to work with Jesus? I, I want to work with Christ. I want to work with him. I want him to work with me. And, and some of us have the idea that, that, that God has sent the church in the world so that the church can be this safe haven <laughs> for, for lost people where they can come in, get healed. and all, It's all of these, don't get me wrong. But, but where they can come in and learn everything that they can and come in week in and week out and grow and grow and grow in all kinds of knowledge and all kinds of wisdom and we can learn the Bible and have it memorized and never lead another person to Jesus Christ. Never share our faith publicly. Never go out and witness to those that are in the streets perishing and somehow find that it's okay. That it's okay. I know this is, I know it's heavy. I, I'm not, I don't want to condemn anybody because um, I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to us as American Christians, as, as the church in America. This is what we do. This is how we do church. As long as someone else is doing it, then, then it's being done and I, it's not my responsibility. But it is our responsibility. It is our responsibility. If we didn't go out last week, 11 people wouldn't have committed their lives to follow Jesus. Those 11 people would be going to hell tonight. Right? If they had not gone to Africa, 31,000 people would be going to hell tonight. Or right now. Right? But they went. And so we must go, I want Jesus working in my life. I, I want to see Jesus moving in my life. And some of us, why, we feel stuck and stagnant. And we ask, why am I not going anywhere? Why am I not progressing? Why is everything so, you know, just coming to an end? What, what am I feeling? And Jesus is wanting you and wanting us to rise up to the challenge to go into the world and win this world for Jesus Christ. Amen. He's wanting us to go out and preach everywhere so that he can work with us.
Hallelujah. I've seen Jesus heal people in Walmart right at the red box machine. I've seen Jesus heal people at the gas station. I've seen Jesus heal and save and deliver people standing in Walgreens. Right? Jesus will heal and save and deliver people anywhere and everywhere. Always looking for His hungry hearts and willing vessels. Amen? Hallelujah. And i got to tell you, I'm not good at it. And I said this before when I was up here. None of us are good at it. Because if we were good at it, we would be doing it. None of us are good at it. And it's always fearful. It's always scary to share your faith. It never gets easier. It's always a challenge to walk up to a perfect stranger and begin to ask them about their life and the condition of their soul. It's always challenging to come up and challenge their worldview and, 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 and to have them uh, you know, accept the fact that everything that they believe about the world is wrong and what you believe about the world is right in Jesus Christ. It's always challenging to challenge worldviews and it's always uncomfortable to confront people with the good news of Jesus Christ. But if we really believe that their soul is damned or going to be saved, if we really believe that it's, it's heaven and hell is hanging in the balance, and at that very moment God just might use you to touch a life, and He just might come down in power and set them free, Amen. it can happen. Amen. See, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and I'm afraid we're too ashamed of the gospel. He said, I'm not ashamed because it is the power of God. And some of us are looking for the power in all kinds of other things. We're looking for the power in, 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 in money. And we're looking for the power in all kinds of other areas. When, when Paul said the gospel is the power. It's the good news that this world desperately needs, but they don't know they need it. And how could you and I, if we know the good news, withhold it from those that are perishing? I had, a, I had a man say to me, he goes, I don't know why, um, uh, he said, I don't know why that, 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 that Christians are so pushy with their faith. That's the thing that bothers me about Christians. I'm standing at his front door, <laughs> and, 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 and he said, that's the thing that bothers me about Christians. They're so pushy about their faith. And I said, it's because Christians believe that hell is real and that heaven is real. And that we have good news that you need. And if we didn't believe this, we wouldn't be here. But because we believe this, we're here. And we're telling you that you don't have to go to hell, but you can be saved from your sins and delivered from the wrath of God. That you can come to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. And then I said to him, I said, if you've seen someone in a burning building and you had a way to go in and rescue them, would you do it? Of course. If you've seen someone about to walk and step in front of a bus and you could push them out of the way, would you do it? Yeah, of course I would. That's why we're here sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. And that's why we must go, church. We must go. Jesus in this text was ascended to heaven and set down. He said he has in Matthew all authority in heaven and earth. Not just Heaven. Like that makes sense. Jesus has authority in heaven, of course. Right? But no, he has authority in all the earth. 
That tells me that every single nook and cranny on, in the cosmos, but on planet Earth, in your neighborhood, every, every little piece of gravel on the road, every single blade of grass that is coming up, and every field that, that farmers are planting right now, everything that you see, every city, every building, Jesus has sovereign dominion and a right to. And he's screaming, mine. And he's crying out, it's mine. And I want disciples in every nation on planet earth. And I'm using my church to go and do it. And I am, and all these kingdoms of the world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, as the book of Revelation says. Amen. It all belongs to him. He has all authority. So that tells me when we walk into Walmart and we see someone over there in desperate need of healing, hunched over and in pain, and we're too fearful to pray, but if we would just step out and say, Lord, you said you have all authority. I'm going to lay, I'm going to go up to them, and I'm going to lay hands on them, and because you have all authority, I'm going to believe that at the name of Jesus, they will be healed, and they will receive the power of the gospel because they've seen it demonstrated, and they've seen that you love them, and they will fall and receive the Lord. Hallelujah. I see it. We see it all the time. God does these things. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In, in Matthew's gospel, in, in, uh, or in, Luke, in Luke's account, no, it's Acts chapter 1. I'm all over the place. <laughs> but Jesus ascends, right? And the angel's like, what are you guys staring up in heaven? Why? Don't you know that in like manner he shall return? So they left and they went and started praying to receive the promise of the power. But I, I'm, I, I think that for a lot of us, we're still looking up in the clouds. Think about that. We're still like the disciples, gazing up into the heavens, waiting for Jesus to come. I want Jesus to return. I believe the, I believe the return of the Lord is soon. They believed it too. But it's a crying shame in the church when we have the end times charts memorized, but we've never charted out a path to preach the gospel to the lost. Right? It's a shame in the church when we know our eschatology better than we know how God wants to deliver, save, and heal the lost. We shouldn't get so become so departmentalized and so specialized in an area that will not make a difference to your neighbor if you're going and they're left. How many hear what I'm saying? We must preach the gospel of Jesus. The gospel message. Here's, I'm going to wrap up with this. Here's something I believe that's, uh, well, let's let's just read it. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. This is Paul. He's speaking to the Corinthians, and he says this. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Caiaphas, then of the twelve, and then it goes on to talk about He was seen more. And I love this because in this passage we find the most succinct summary of the Gospel message. Jesus was crucified according to the Scriptures, buried and raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Isn't that a simple message? 
Jesus died for our sins and was raised so that we can have life. Hallelujah. It doesn't get simpler than that. And that's good news. So, I love this because when Paul says this, he says, I declare, I preach the, the gospel which I preach. The gospel, number one, must be preached. If the gospel is not preached, it's not, it's, it's no gospel, right? It's only news when it's spread. It's only news when those that need it hear it. An unpreached gospel, Ryan Harbaugh, he said, is no gospel at all. I love that. So he says, I preach this gospel unto you, and they received it. When you preach the gospel, there will be those who receive it. Not everyone will receive it, but there will be those that receive it. And he says, and wherein you stand. And there will be those who receive the gospel and stand in the gospel. And I love what he's saying here because he's showing us that when you preach the gospel or when you receive the gospel, it's something that you must receive, but you also must stand in it and not be moved. Right? And then, and then he says, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. Unless you believed in vain. So this gospel has to be worked into our lives. It's not just something we casually nod our head to in agreement. It's something that must come in, radically reshape, reform, remold, and renew us. The gospel works. The, it is powerful. And if it's powerful and you received it and it changed you, it'll change others. So the perpetuation of the gospel must be carried on. And it's only carried on by you and me. Jesus is out there winning the world. But you know who he's doing it through? People. Amen. Amen? The Holy Spirit is empowering his church to win the world. But he's doing it through people who move and go. Amen. He's doing it through people who move and go. So I started by saying, by putting the go in the gospel, until we are convinced and convicted that the gospel mission and the gospel message, the good news of Jesus, is ours. That it's my mission, it's my message. Then we'll do very little about it. It has to become ours has to become yours. Paul, Paul said this. He said, um, I'll just jump ahead. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 2.8, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Is it your gospel, church? If it's, if it's your gospel, then we got to share it. Amen. Amen. He said in Romans 15, he says, though mighty signs and wonders, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I've strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. So what Paul is saying, it's my gospel and it's my mission. And because it's my mission, I've gone and made sure that I've preached Jesus everywhere everywhere until there was nowhere else to preach just a handful of us like i don't know how many we had out tuesday is reaching people we've had over 60 people in, in eight weeks come to jesus with just a handful of, of of willing vessels imagine if we had 50 people going out every night imagine if we had 100 people going out weekly imagine if we had 200 people in this church winning souls every week we would see numbers that would grow exponentially 
but it takes, it takes you and I, right? Do we believe that God can do it? Save thousands in this city? Save thousands in this region? Every hand should be raised. Every hand. Because he can do it and he wants to do it. He wants to do it, church. And he wants to use you and I in the reaching and the proclamation of the gospel. It's got to become our message. It's got to become our mission. And until it does, church, we'll do very little about it. We'll do very little. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight for a fire. Father, I pray that you would light a fire in us that's, that cannot be ex extinguished by the cares of this world, a fire that cannot be tempered, but Lord, a fire that would only grow and become more intense and that would, that would become more contagious, that a fire would blow through this place and burn fresh and new, Lord. Lord, your servant John Wesley said, he sets himself on fire and people come to watch him burn. Lord, I pray that your church would set themselves on fire for the mission and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in here tonight and you say, I don't know this gospel that you're talking about, that I've never received Jesus as my Savior. I've never stood in the gospel. I haven't been saved. If, if you're in this room, and I would be remiss if I didn't give the opportunity for those that do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior to do so tonight. The Bible declares that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not impossible your situation is not impossible. Your future is not hopeless. Jesus loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to pour out His Spirit upon you. He wants you to come to saving knowledge. The gospel is as simple as ABCs. You must admit you're a sinner because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then once you admit you're a sinner, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. And that is the gospel. And I would invite you this morning, or this afternoon, I'm sorry, this evening, to come up to the front if that's you. If that's you in here tonight and you, know for, you do not know for certain that you will go to heaven tonight, then you need to make your way up front. Make your way up front. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, <clears throat> fill only believe ministries with your spirit. Fill us tonight, Lord with a boldness, Lord Jesus, to preach your gospel.
Fill us tonight, Lord, that every one of us would take the charge and share our faith this week. Hallelujah. Raise your hands with me all over here, all over this church. And say this with me. Say, Father, fill me with your spirit. And may I proclaim with boldness the good news of Jesus. The gospel that saved me. Use me this week to bring it to someone else. And to see it save them. Father God, I am not going to be content to never win another soul to Jesus. Make me a soul winner. Make me your mouthpiece. Anoint me to carry the mission and the message to everyone and everywhere and every place at all times. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many love Jesus in here tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I love Jesus more now at 45 than I have when I was 24 and he set me free because he gets sweeter every day, right? The gospel gets better news every week, becomes greater news to me every week. He can never outgrow the gospel. And let me just say this as we go. I'm going to dismiss you because that's a key point. The gospel is not the entry point of your salvation. And then we move on to bigger and greater spiritual exploits. The gospel is the point. It's the whole point. And you only grow deeper in the gospel. Amen. So let's go in peace tonight. And you guys be blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>